Hello and welcome to What the Buck. My name is Jennifer. I am a labor and delivery nurse and a certified labor doula. This podcast is created to inform and empower every woman on all of their options surrounding their pregnancy. Join me here every Monday at 9 a.m. as we dive into all things prenatal, birth, postpartum, and so much more. So let's jump into today's Before we jump into this amazing podcast episode, I wanted to give myself a little shout out. I have started making breast milk jewelry and I'm so excited because breast milk jewelry was something I always wanted to remember my breastfeeding journey by because it was a hard time. It was equally as hard and sacrificial as it also was just joyful and beautiful. And the idea of having a piece of jewelry to just remember the season by for a lifetime felt really special to me. So I've started making breast milk jewelry. I'm just so excited to just be able to do this for you guys and offer it to you. You send your milk directly to me, to my house. I preserve it. I handcraft every single piece myself into jewelry. Um, Right now I'm just doing rings, but I'm planning on doing a couple more things too as we go. And um, as I, you know, just master everything and get my systems down. But I'm excited. It's so fun. It's so beautiful. You can go onto my website. It's www.thehoneyandgold.com. Also, our Instagram page is just thehoneyandgold. And you can look at everything. You can see what we're offering right now. Browse around. Please do not hesitate to ever email me um, or DM me over Instagram or anything like that. If you have any questions, you can reach me through either one of my Instagram pages, What the Bump CLT or The Honey and Gold. But I hope you guys just love it. It's so fun. It means the world to me to have your support. And it would mean the world to me if this is something you're interested in. If you've ever thought about ordering a piece of breast milk jewelry, to order it through me and let me make this wonderful, beautiful piece for you. I promise you're going to love it. So... All that being said, please check out my website, thehoneyandgold.com, and let's jump into this podcast episode. Welcome to another episode of What the Bump. Alyssa is coming on the podcast today to share her birth story, so thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. All right, first off, tell us a little bit about yourself and your family. Yeah, so um, my husband and I, his name's Cam, we both grew up in Oregon and still live in Oregon, so we've lived here most of our lives. Um, we met in junior high when he transferred to the school that I got, went to um, and started dating actually then, dated throughout high school, um, college, kind of on and off in high school, I would say, um, never really had any other like serious relationships, but you know, we were young and figuring it out. So um, broke up a few times, but we figured it out and then got married in um, 2019. We've been married for almost three years now and have our um, four and a half month old daughter. Awesome. That's funny. You know, people say like high school sweethearts, you guys took it one next level and are literally junior high sweethearts. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Very fun. Very fun. Um, okay. So you said you have, you said four or four and a half months. Well, she's actually almost five months now that I okay. think about it. Yeah, it sneaks up on, on you. Yes, <laughs> I know. I'm saying almost one year old, and I'm like, oh my gosh, that like makes me kind of want to throw up. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> it, you know, it flies by. It really does. Yeah. So, what was your journey like, um, getting pre- pregnant with her? Yeah. So. I was always like the kind of person who said, I'm not going to have kids until I'm 30. I want to be married for a while and, you know, do all of the fun things. Um, And we got married in 2019. So it was right before COVID. And I feel like COVID just changed a lot. Um, I don't know if it was just for me, but I guess maybe because there was nothing to do. I don't know. There's basically my priorities, I feel like kind of changed. So um, I had like a three-year IUD 
before that. And it was like right around the time where I was going to need to get it replaced or get it taken out or whatever. And so we were like, well, maybe this is a good time to just get off of birth control and just, you know, see what happens, if you will. <laughs> um, which is funny because people say that, but I feel like when you are doing that, you know, you're full on trying, like Absolutely. there's no, just like seeing what happens. So that's what happened. I got it out. And then, um, just kind of like immediately got super excited about it and was like, okay, I'm going to start tracking, doing all the ovulation stuff. And um, I don't know if it was because I had the like smaller IUD, but I had my period throughout my, the entire time that I had it. So I never stopped having my period. It was very regular still. Um, and I got it out like a week after I had my last period probably. Um, and so I was super excited to get my next one and just start tracking. And then I never got it. And so I was like really confused. I was like, oh, maybe I'm already pregnant. Um, so I took a test and it was negative. Um, so I was like, okay, I guess I will just wait until it comes back and we'll see what happens. Um, right around the time that I was supposed to get it, I had like a teeny bit of spotting, but didn't have an actual period. And I had tested like a few more times following, but they were all negative. Um, and then one morning while I was still waiting for it to happen, um, I think it was actually Halloween on, in 2020. Um, I woke up and my boobs were kind of sore and I was like, oh, that's weird. I've never had that feeling before. Um, and so I decided to take another test, but I had taken so many already that were negative and I had it, had a period. So I like dipped it and then immediately was like, that was stupid. Why did I take it? And I threw it away. I didn't even wait three minutes to look at it. I just threw it right away. And then I was like, okay, well, maybe I should look at it. I don't know. Something just kind of, you know, felt different. So I pulled it out and sure enough, there was another line. Um, so I was very confused, but I was like, Kim, come look at this. And we were like rushing. I was taking him to work for some reason. I don't remember why, but I was like taking him. We had to like get out the door and I had dumped my pee already. Right. Because I threw the test away and was convinced that was a dumb thing to take. Um, so I pulled it out of the trash and it was positive and I didn't have more pee. I couldn't pee again to test again. Um, so I just drove him to work and I was like freaking out inside. I was like, am I actually pregnant? There's no way that's right. Like I haven't even had a period since I got my, my ID out. Like there's no way. Um, but when I got home and I tested, I, it was still positive. So I was quite definitely pregnant. Um, what was kind of weird about it though, is because like the last period I had had was before I had the IUD, there was no like solid date to go off of, if you will. Um, so based on my last period, um, when I called to like schedule appointments, I would have already been like 12 weeks. Um, so they were like, oh, well, we're going to go off of that date and we'll just move forward and, and see what's going on. So um, they scheduled like the early ultrasound, the dating ultrasound, um, pretty quickly. I mean, it was only like, I don't know, a week or two later, um, which is funny because at that time that felt like forever to wait. I was like, I have to wait a whole week or two <laughs> to find out. And which is funny because, you know, going through it again, obviously it's usually like eight weeks that you have to wait, I guess four, because, you know, you already have the positive test. Right. So, um, so I had the ultrasound and, um, they basically were like, okay, are you sure of your dates? You know, kind of acting a little strange, but not like too worried. And I was like, no, I'm not sure of my dates at all. Like, right. I think this is when it was and somewhere in this window, I have no idea. And she's like, okay, well, I think basically what we have here is just a really early pregnancy. Um, there was no fetal pull yet, but there was a yolk sac. Um, and so she was like, what we're going to do is we'll go ahead and get your blood drawn um, and then have you come back in like a week and we'll just see make sure things are progressing and growing. Um, so I got my blood drawn um, and then came back in a week. And the uh, 
I got my blood drawn twice. So I had gotten it drawn and it did rise, but it hadn't doubled. Um, it had, I think went from like 15,000 to like 20,000 or something like that. Um, and then I had the ultrasound and there was a fetal pull and a heartbeat now. Um, but I was still only measuring like two days past what I had in the last ultrasound. Um, and I think if I would have known now what I, or known then what I knew now, I would have been worried, right? But mm -hmm. I didn't know any different. And so they were like being positive and saying, you know, we, your, your is rising, the baby's growing, there's a heartbeat. Like those are all really positive things. Um, I think that we just have an early pregnancy here. And um, so I was still like trying to hold on to hope, but just felt kind of like weird about it. You know, you can kind of sense that like something's not right, you know? Right. Um, and I was, I still had symptoms. Like I threw up, I think only once, but still I was pretty nauseous and my boobs were sore and I had symptoms. Um, and then probably like two weeks after that, I think I had some light spotting and immediately freaked out. Right. Anytime you bleed at all during pregnancy, it's like instant worry. Um, so I had a little bit of light spotting and, um, it was like on and off. So I waited like a full day to call. And then I called my, um, I, I was seeing midwives at the hospital close by me. I called them and was like, let, it, let them know that I was concerned. Um, and so they had me come in and get another blood draw. And at that blood draw, my HCV had dropped. Um, so that was immediately, she was like, yeah, that's really not a good sign. I'm going to have you come in like right now and we will check things out. Um, so I got another ultrasound done and they just confirmed that the baby had stopped growing actually like a day or two after the last ultrasound I had and my body just hadn't recognized it yet um and so then they just present you with all the options which is just it's such an overwhelming decision to have to make like you just find out okay I apparently I'm not pregnant anymore I was pregnant now I'm not and now you're telling me I have to like basically figure out how I'm going to get the baby out of my body mm -hmm. and I just remember feeling super overwhelmed by that so I um, was like okay well I, I guess I'm just going to go home and see if it happens naturally because I don't even feel like I am equipped to make this decision right. um, so that's what I did I just went home and um, just decided to wait it out I think if it would have taken a lot of time I would have probably called back and um, wanted some help, but, um, it, the process got started pretty quickly, um, at home. And something I was really caught off guard by that is just how painful it is. Like physically, like I knew it was going to be hard emotionally. Right. But like, I didn't realize that my body was like full on like, go into like having contractions and getting everything out. So that was really hard. Um, but once that whole process was over with and they followed my HCG all the way back down to zero and then gave me the go ahead to like, to try again. Right. Um, then I, obviously I was like set, like, yes, I, I want to have a baby. I, you know, yeah. want to get pregnant. Once you like kind of come to terms with that decision, like yeah. that you realize there's a baby growing inside of you. It's like, okay, yes. I'm so excited about it that. It is. <laughs> you, you like mm -hmm. the minute you get that positive, I feel like even people who it was like total shock, absolute surprise pregnancy, they get that positive and initially they're like, oh crap. And, but then they think about it for a few days and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm literally like going to be a mom. And then even if they end up losing that pregnancy and they didn't plan to have kids for years, now they want kids. I mean, that happened to us too. We didn't really want kids accidentally kind of accidentally, like, is it ever really an accident? Yeah, I don't right. know. But got pregnant, miscarried. And then we're like, okay, now we really, we really, we really want this. 
Yes. And that's actually how I found your podcast. So I've been listening for a long time, but oh, that's so um, sweet. yes, when I, after I went through that, I just, um, I just needed to hear other people's stories and like just positive, I don't know, just to know you're not alone. Right. Yes. Like, cause it is such an isolating thing. And I um, was pretty open about my journey through it all um, online, which I'm actually so thankful about. Right. I don't know why they tell you not to share that because I feel like I had so much more support of people just like reaching out of all ages that had been through that. Um, but I found your miscarriage story on Spotify and that's how I found your podcast. And I've oh been listening like literally ever since. Um, that's kind so of crazy. Sweet. Yes. That's so sweet. And I, I totally know what you mean. Like to, you know, they say like, Oh, you know, don't announce your pregnancy until you're safe, mm. even to family. And my thing was like, well, if I lose my baby, I want a support. I want my family to be able to come around me. I want my friends yeah. to be able to come around me and, you know, mm. be there for us and help us and pray for us. So mm. why would I keep a pregnancy a secret from till, you know, 12 weeks in case I lose it when either way I want, you know, people that I love around me through that. Yeah, exactly. I was the same way. And I don't think I put that much thought into it the first time. I honestly, I told a lot of people that <laughs> I was pregnant. Um, so I feel like I was kind of forced to, to talk about it a little bit. Yeah. And I'm so glad that that was the case because um, then I went on um, after that, like a few months later, I got another positive, um, ended up being a chemical pregnancy. I miscarried that shortly after. And then a few months later after that, I got positive, another positive again, and then miscarried it like a week later. Oh um, goodness. So yeah, it just felt like we were, you know, I, I kind of felt like I was not able to actually carry Absolutely. a baby to term, like yeah. my body couldn't do it. That's so, that's uh, the hardest thing with like miscarriages the first time around, because you don't know, mm -hmm. you know, you have yeah. this lingering and I know I felt that after one miscarriage, I was like, oh my God, what if something's wrong with me? Mm -hmm. So my heart goes out to you because I can, I honestly, mm -hmm. like if, I would have had three, I would have really been like, oh my gosh, do we need to like get testing done and, you know, consider IVF and things like that. It's really yeah. traumatic and scary, no matter when you have a miscarriage, no matter if it's your first or fifth baby, but mm -hmm. it is scary when you've never carried a pregnancy before and you, you know, wonder if you'll ever be able to. Yeah. And it's such a roller coaster because it's so just much. like you're grieving the loss and then, you know, you get pregnant again and you're, you're feeling hopeful and so excited and then you lose it again. And it's like, okay, just all over the place as far as like this is happening this is we're gonna have another baby and then no it's not and mm -hmm. I don't know it's it, it was a really hard time um just emotionally I felt like I was just always on the verge of a breakdown right yeah and let's not forget like your hormones also ride that roller coaster so not only are you actually physically and mentally riding it but your hormones are going up and down all over the place and that also mm -hmm. definitely does not you know help much <laughs> Yes, definitely. Um, after the third one, I had reached out to my midwives and cause after the first pregnancy, I felt, I don't know if it was like insecure or what, but I like in my head, I was like, I'm not going to call the doctor's office until I'm no, I'm eight weeks because I yeah. feel like I'm just not even going to get there, you know? Um, so I didn't even tell them about the second two. Um, finally, after the third one, I called and was like, Hey, something's wrong, right? Like we need to figure out what's going on. Um, I'm you know, I was 23 at the time. And I was like, I've literally lost three pregnancies in under a year. There, there's got to be something wrong. Um, so she, <laughs> of course they like tried to be all hopeful. And she's like, well, cause this was right after the third, uh, the third time I started bleeding and already knew what was happening. She's like, well, maybe you don't know that. Maybe you're not mishearing, like come in, get some blood work done. Like, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Let's, let's go from there. And I was like, so frustrated. Like, I know, I, I know that I've already lost this, but okay. So I went in and got blood work done. And sure enough, my HCG was like five, like something super low. 
And so then um, she had me come back in to do like some kind of panel just to see if we could figure out what the issue was, tested like my thyroid um, for like a clotting disorder, um, different things like that. So I had all of that blood work done and everything came back normal. Um, I don't remember exactly when that was. I think it was maybe June of 2021, I think somewhere around that time frame. Um, and so because everything came back normal, she had told me um, they were going to refer me to a reproductive endocrinologist um, is like an hour outside of my town just to get some more testing and see if we could figure out what was going on. Um, and so I called and scheduled that appointment, but they couldn't get me in for like three or four months. Uh, it was like September was when they were going to be able to, um, to get me in to get more testing done. Um, and obviously that felt like such a long time. I was like, how am I going to go? four months without having an answer. I've already gone all of this time trying to conceive and just not being successful. But um, I just decided to like stay hopeful and just wait it out. And hopefully maybe I'll get pregnant before then. We'll see. Right. Um, and I had luckily had so much support, like through our church where um, faith is a huge part of our lives as well. And because I had shared my story, I felt like just random people, so many people were coming up to us, like every single Sunday or even throughout the week, shooting messages um, and praying for us. And one of our um, friends at church recommended a book called, um, oh, what is it called? Supernatural Childbirth. Yes, I've read it. Yes. And it is definitely written a long time ago. Yes. Um, but there's so much, so many like good pieces of scripture in there, just particularly the parts about miscarriage um, in that book. We just, we wrote them down. We hung them everywhere throughout the house and we were just determined like, okay, this is going to happen, right? Like we feel like God showed us this, this thing that's happening in our lives. And even though it's not happening the way that like we thought it would, or that like we, we want it to, right? Like it's going to happen. Right. Um, and so we just like hung scripture all throughout our house. People were praying for us a lot. Um, and I decided this is hold on to that, that it was going to happen. Uh, we like even finished our whole nursery without being pregnant yet. Um, That's going to make me cry. That's amazing. Yeah. That was what uh, actually someone at our church told us today. He was like, you need to get that nursery ready because I'm telling you like a baby's coming. You need to get it oh, ready. That's so sweet. So we did that. We finished our whole nursery. I was still like ordering like clothes and things like that. Um, and I had actually ordered like I had made an order kind of recently and ordered like a, a little stuffed animal, like a little stuffed lion um, and like an outfit. And um, the day that that came, I actually tested, which I said I wasn't going to do because I had not like missed my period yet. Right. And I, I had swore to myself, I was not going to keep doing that because I had done it so many times already. I was like, I'm not going to do it. But I had, was at some kind of like client event um, the week prior and I had a sip of wine and I felt like I was going to throw up. And I was like, okay, that's kind of weird. But I just kind of made note of it. And was like, I'm definitely not testing because my period is like still a full week away. Yeah. Um, and then that morning that I did end up testing, my boobs were sore again when I woke up. I was like, okay, I'm just going to just gonna see. We'll and you see. hadn't seen the reproductive endocrinologist yet. Okay. Nope. That um, appointment was still like two months away. Okay. So it was still a ways out. Um, and so I tested and sure enough, it was positive. I was like, holy cow. Um, and I decided not to tell my husband this time. So I did not tell him. Um, I wanted to get all three of my blood draws done um, before I said anything because I just wanted to like know how I should yeah. prep him. Like if my studio wasn't rising like it should, I wanted to be able to tell him like, hey, I am pregnant, but like, you know, I don't know. Um, so I got all three blood draws and I was 
testing, of course, every morning and <laughs> every night after this, because I wanted to see my line get darker. Um, and they ended up being good. Like they doubled both times. And I was like, okay, maybe this is, this is actually happening crazy. Um, so I, once I got the third blood draw back, I had told him and it wasn't even really anything cute either. Like I didn't like, you know, surprise him with a onesie or anything like that. I mean, we already had like a closet full of clothes. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> um, but we were at like a basketball tournament for him, like a little street ball tournament. And, um, he was in between games and I got the alert on my phone that my blood work came back. And so I looked at it. And as soon as I saw it was double, I was like, oh. I was like, come here. And I just whispered in his ear. I was like, I'm pregnant. And he like started crying on the sidewalk and there's like family around, but like, we didn't want to like tell them yet. Yeah. So we're like trying to like be nonchalant, but like just having a little moment on the, on the sidewalk between games. It was really cool. Um, and oh yeah, going back to the order that I had placed um that morning that I found out I was pregnant was when that little like stuffed lion arrived in the little outfit and so we were like we slept with that thing every single night and we were like just okay this is we're gonna hold on to this until it's not anymore right like I am not gonna let this like take away from it just because I'm scared like today right. I'm pregnant and that's that's what we're gonna hold on to yeah um another even like kind of crazier thing looking back on it now um like two weeks after that I was just looking at the dates of like when I could have conceived. Um, and it actually fell on the due date of the first pregnancy that we lost, um, which is kind of crazy, but I have the date tattooed on my arm, um, just as like a memory of, you know, all of the pregnancies that we lost. And that ended up being the date that we conceived successfully our now daughter. That's amazing. Um, it's pretty, it's pretty wild. Yeah. That's amazing. God has a sense of humor. I like to say. <laughs> Absolutely. And especially, yeah, like just such a date that was like so dark and yeah. um, sad before is now just also so happy. It's it's really redeeming. I feel yeah, like I it don't is. Know. Mm-hmm. It totally is. That's awesome. So, how was your pregnancy with your daughter? I mean, I know I'm sure a lot of it you felt like you were walking on eggshells, but I love how you said like you know today I'm pregnant and that's what I'm going to hold on to, and I do feel like you have to live that way or else fear will just consume you. You'll think about, okay, well, you know, the whole next week and the next few months. And it's just, it's such an overwhelming feeling. You really do have mm-hmm. to just take it day by day. And, um, I mean, how, how physically was your pregnancy and even mentally and emotionally? Yeah. Um, I feel like early on the very first few weeks, it's mostly just was the emotional battles that mm-hmm. I was having where I would be so hopeful and just so excited. But then at the same time, I was just so overwhelmed by fear and just like I was you know afraid to like get attached but also already so attached yeah and um I I remember I just had this moment and I was probably around like seven or eight weeks along where I was just like okay I cannot let this um like continue to just take away from this pregnancy because I was so scared like I have multiple pictures where I've just like in my phone just bawling because I was like convinced like nope I've already lost it I already know like there's no way um so I just had this moment where I like remember it was really random but I was outside of like a bank and I was just like okay I'm not gonna let this take away from me and I just feel like like God is telling me that you know obviously stop worrying I'm in control but because you are I myself am so out of control in this situation like I just realized okay that's I don't want to be the one in control right Mm -hmm. like he's the one who knows the whole, the whole picture here, this pregnancy from start to finish every single day of my daughter's life. And that's how I want it to be. So even though I am like so scared right now, and I have no idea what's going to happen, and I have zero control over the situation, it's better that way. And I just have to come to terms with that. 
And I feel like that was a kind of turning point in early pregnancy for me where I was able to just enjoy it a lot more um, because no matter what happened, I knew obviously there was a bigger picture and that today I was pregnant and that's what we were going to go off of. Um, so I feel like that helped a lot. Early and that's pregnancy. such like a weight off of our chest to, you know, that, have a faith where we can say like, okay, you know what? This isn't determined by me. This isn't my weight to carry. Like it's literally yeah. what Jesus tells us to lay our worries yeah. at his feet and that he will take on our burdens. And so it's so mm-hmm. refreshing to be able to be like, you know what? This is where I really lean into that. And I have to truly yeah. believe that and take this weight and this stress off of myself because it'll eat you alive to carry that mm-hmm. every day. And you just have to trust mm-hmm. that God is in control and mm-hmm you know, it's, it's, it's not us. It's not our decision. Yeah. He already knows what's going to happen. He knows every single thing. Um, mm-hmm. and I found a lot of peace in that too, even getting pregnant the second time, because I was so afraid of miscarrying. And I was like, what am I afraid for though? Like, yeah. it's not, in, it's not my choice. It's not my decision. Like mm-hmm. whatever happens, like I have to believe and trust that God knows what he's doing. He doesn't make mistakes. And that's something people would tell me when I miscarried that actually kind of ticked me off. People would say, well, you know, God doesn't make mistakes. And I was like, well, I just lost my baby. So clearly he made a mistake. Like I wanted, you know, Mm -hmm. I was upset. I was angry. Um, But at the end of the day, it's true. Unfortunately, I don't think miscarriage comes from the Lord by any means, but you know, um, he can turn it into something beautiful and good, of course, Mm -hmm. in in its own way, in its own time. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's just so refreshing to be like, you know what, this This isn't my burden to carry. It's not, I'm going to just live every day, joyful and happy and excited. And I know it's easier said than done, but you know, it's, that's the faith that, you know, that hard ground we get to walk on. Yeah, absolutely. It's something that you have to come to terms with yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Like people telling you that it definitely, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know whatever. Like it's it's easy to just like, that doesn't carry any weight to it. Um, But it's just something you have to come to terms with yourself and every single day, because it doesn't just take it away. Right. Like there's definitely, there was one time. Um, so I was pretty nauseous early on, um, like actually sick. I was throwing up pretty much every day. Um, and I had one day taken um, B6 in Unisom, which worked like it was supposed to, but then I like was convinced I lost the pregnancy because I was not sick anymore. Right. And, um, so even though I like knew in my head, I was like, okay, this is, you know, God's plan, whatever. There was definitely still days that I had like that, where I was like just sobbing. I was like, damn, I'm definitely not pregnant anymore. I'm not sick. And he's like, okay, hold on. You literally just took the medicine that's supposed to not make you sick anymore. Like give it some time. I think you're good. But I'm like sitting there, like feeling my boobs. I'm like, nope, they're not sore anymore. Like just convinced. And then of course the next morning I woke up and threw up and was like, okay, uh, maybe I'm going to hold off on the meds until we get out of the first trimester. I would- and then- We'll go from there. <laughs> I'd like wake up and like hit my boobs and be like, okay. And I remember one day I was like, they don't feel as sore. Oh my God. So I'm like, probably looking like a psychopath, like feeling my boobs, like trying to make yeah. sure they still feel sore. Mm-hmm. Um, I had, I did bleed for a little bit. I had a, um, uh, well, why am I blanking? The on the yep. Thank you. Yep. I um, had one as well. <laughs> and the anxiety that that causes is like next level, of course. Um, but I totally understand what you mean. Like every day you're just, I took too many pregnancy tests for my own good. Me too. I had two weeks worth. I tested every day until they didn't earlier open down. Oh my God. Cause I was like, I've, I've got to follow the line. I've got to be prepared when I go in there. Um, Even though it changes and, nothing. Like I exactly. knew it changed nothing, but. And it co- can add more worry than it's like I'm, worth to like if your line, you know, isn't like necessarily getting darker or whatever, yep. like it's not like a good indicator, but it's still, you know, you do what you got to do <laughs> to get yes. through those early weeks. Um, 
but I would, yeah, so I was really sick, but overall just feeling like so grateful Yes. Um, and grateful for the sickness, especially early Absolutely. on, because I was like, okay, this is just validation every morning when I wake up and I feel sick, like it's good. Um, and I, so I had early two, two early ultrasounds done. Um, they got me in super early because I wanted to be able to follow things. And, you know, if I were to lose this pregnancy, just kind of be able to see, okay, when, when did this happen? Was there a, like, was it slow growing? You know, is there a reason kind of, if you will? So I had my first ultrasound at six weeks um, and I went in and she was measuring right on track. So six weeks, like one day or something like that, she had a heartbeat, um, but it was only like 112 was her heart rate at that time. And I remember that freaked me out because the first baby that I had lost, the heart rate was like 109 when they measured it. And so I was like, oh my gosh, it's so low. Like I'm probably going to lose this one too. And they weren't worried at all. They were like, look, the baby's heart literally just started beating. Like we wouldn't expect it to be that strong yet at this point. Um, but if you're worried about it, like let's schedule a follow-up ultrasound. We'll just make sure. Um, and then they ended up not being able to get me in for that until like nine weeks. Um, so those, I think it was maybe in that window where I had that moment where I was like, okay, I could be scared every single day leading up to this, or I can just let go of it. Um, and that was kind of where I had to like save my sanity a little bit on that. Um, but I went in for the ultrasound at nine weeks and, um, <laughs> actually scheduled it for my birthday because I was like the soonest they could get in. And I was like, okay, this is either going to be the best birthday ever or like a really bad birthday, yeah. but we'll find out. Um, and so I went in to get my ultrasound and I had been really sick. Um, like I couldn't drink regular water. I could only drink like sparkling water. That's the only thing that would stay down. And of course, really ultra early ultrasounds, they tell you to like drink a bunch of water, um, so that they can see easier. And I was not able to really do that. I tried, but I didn't drink very much. And so I go in for that ultrasound and they started off trying to do abdominal. And I had the nicest ultrasound tech ever. She was so sweet. Um, but I could tell something was kind of weird. Like she wouldn't really turn the camera towards me or the screen towards me yet. And um, was like taking a really long time. And I was like, great. Oh like, yeah, my heart just sunk. And I was like, this is not good. Um, but she was so sweet and reassuring. And she was just like, okay, I'm going to, she's like, I'm just having a hard time seeing you're still pretty early. Like I'm going to have you go to the bathroom and we're going to go ahead and try like a uh, transvaginal. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay. I, as when I was going to the bathroom, I remember my heart was beating so fast. And I was Absolutely. like, I cannot believe this. How am I so sick? And yet I still like lost the baby. What's going on? And as soon as she like puts the camera in there, um, she was like, oh my gosh, it's like the biggest reaction ever. And I was like, what? And she's like, I was so scared. I could not find the heartbeat at first, but she was like, you just didn't drink that much water. So I was just having a hard time finding it, but look, it's right there. And she like turns the camera towards me. And that was like the most like baby-like um, ultrasound I had seen yet is like a little gummy bear. She was like wiggling yeah. her little arms and legs. Little like and, nubs. <laughs> yes. It was the coolest thing I've ever seen. And she cried. I cried. My husband cried. That's so was, sweet. It was amazing. And she was the sweetest lady ever. She's like, I was so afraid that I was going to have to give you this awful news on your birthday. I like uh -huh. read your chart. I saw your other losses and just the sweetest lady ever. And I remember um, leaving that ultrasound just like felt like I was on top of the world. I was going to wait to tell my family until I was 12 weeks um, because I didn't want to get their hopes up, you know, again, because I had taken them on this wild roller coaster with me. They knew about all the other ones. But after we left there, I couldn't, I couldn't wait. So I immediately was like, what are you guys doing tonight? Let's go get dinner and ended up telling my whole family. Um, and it all worked out great. Um, they did tell me after that ultrasound though, that they saw um, a little bit of blood um, and to just not be surprised if I had any bleeding because of that. 
Um, and I was like, great. That's even though they told me that I know I'm going to be so worried if I do. Um, luckily I, I never ended up actually having any bleeding at that point. Um, and then by the next ultrasound, it was gone. Um, so that was really good, but, um, yeah, I was pretty much sick up until 17 or 18 weeks. Um, once I got out of that first trimester, I was like, okay, I'm going to let myself take some meds here and there just to get by. Cause now I'm like feeling a little better. We had right. two ultrasounds. She's growing great. Like I can, I can calm down a little bit. Uh, so then I, I would take the B6 and Unisom um, when I was feeling really bad, when I couldn't keep any food down. Um, and that helped a lot for me, thank goodness, because I was not able to keep much down. And I had like, I think I lost 10 pounds in my first, um, wow. my first trimester. Yeah. So I was struggling a little bit, but um, thankful again, just to, you know, to be sick and to just have that yeah. confirmation. And so, you know, carrying out through the rest of the pregnancy after that sickness, um, you know, went away. Was it pretty smooth sailing, pretty uncomplicated? Yeah. It's super easy to look back now, like having a healthy baby and be like, oh, it was great. Like yeah. no hiccups, nothing. But there was a few, a few things that came up. Um, around the 20 week mark, um, I had my anatomy scan and um, they had seen like a little calcification on her heart is what okay. they called it, I think. Um, and so they had said, like, you know, it's, probably nothing. We see this often, um, but it can be an early marker for like Down syndrome or some kind of um, abnormality. I had already gotten the um, like blood work done around like the 14 week mark um, and it all came back normal. So they were like, you know, we would just tell you to get that blood work done at this point, but you already did. And it showed no, no um, worries or anything. So I think you're good. Like we'll just continue to monitor it. Um, but of course, you know, something like that still kind of freaks you out. I'm like, there's something wrong with her heart. Like, what do you mean? Um, so I was a little worried about that, but um, nothing compared to the, the worry that I had early pregnancy. And especially because like at that point I was able to start feeling some movement and I had a Doppler, which can be worse off than having it, but I got pretty good about figuring out where she was and could pretty much find her heartbeat right away. So at any time I like ever felt any worry or just wanted to, you know, like feel connected to her, just like be sure yes, she is definitely there. Um, I would get that out and listen to it because it is really hard, right? The first like part of pregnancy before you can feel movement, especially it's like, are you sure there's yes. a baby in there? Like there's right. no, there's no indication looking at me that there's a baby in, in my belly, but um, so I'd use the Doppler a lot. And so they scheduled a follow-up ultrasound, I think around like the 32 week mark, maybe just to double check the heart calcification and make sure that it was nothing. Um, and it was still there, but they were like, look, she's still growing right on track. It's, it's good. We're, we're not worried at all. Um, so that ended up being nothing. And then around like the 29 week mark, I think I had some like pretty bad bleeding. Um, and that was another moment where I was like, oh my goodness, like I definitely, there's no way I'm bleeding this much. And it's like nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I called them that night. It was like probably 11 o'clock at night. I like called and was like, I need to come in. I like, I think I'm losing this pregnancy. And I was just like bawling oh. and I'm like, okay, take a deep breath. Like have some cold water, lay down, see if you can feel her move. Um, and sure enough, within like 20 minutes of me laying there, she was just going crazy, like kicking a bunch and moving. I was like, okay, I need to calm down a little bit. Um, but those are the two things that just came up that were kind of a little scary um, ended up being nothing. And then my sickness did come back though. I got like a break between like 17 and 30 weeks, but then from like 30 weeks on again, I was throwing up, which was not great. I think a lot of people that have the nausea are like, Oh, I wish I was throwing up. Cause it would like relieve it. It doesn't. 
you no. still have that lingering nausea. You just are also <laughs> vomiting on top of that. So mm. yeah, that was not great, but at least the, the later half of um, pregnancy, when I had the sickness, it wasn't like the all day lingering nausea so much. Okay. It would just like come on randomly and just like a huge wave. Like I'd be like, fine. And then also I'm going to throw up and then I'd be like, okay, I think I'm good now. Wow. Um, so that was really the only things that came up. But other than that, it was really smooth sailing. Um, I saw the midwives at the hospital that I went to, which I'm really glad it was uncomplicated because I got to stay and see them. Um, and they had been just a part of the process from the very beginning. So, right. That's amazing. So leading up to birth, what were you preparing for? What were yours? What was your vision for birth? Yeah. Um, I tried not to hold on to like a really tight, like picture of what I wanted, but I knew that if possible, I would love to be unmedicated and just low intervention, just left alone and just let my body do what it's supposed to do. Um, but I also know I'm the kind of person who like if I said I'm having a like medication free birth, you know, that I would hold on to that so tight and be so disappointed if that wasn't the case. So I never committed to that. I always said I would like to uh, not have any medication, but you know, if I'm like not progressing or if things fall out or whatever happens, like I'm open to it. I'm not going to be completely closed off to that. Um, and as far as like preparation goes, honestly, I was not nearly as active as I probably should have been. Um, especially being sick. I just wanted to like stay home. Um, but I listened to a ton of podcasts, especially yours. There was a few others too, that I just listened to as many birth stories as I could, um, positive experiences, but also just like all kinds of different outcomes because I wanted nothing to be a surprise. Right. I wanted to at least know, like if something came up in the room that I had heard of it before, um, even if that wasn't what I wanted. So I just, I have like an hour drive to work every day. And I would just listen to them the whole way there, the whole way home, anytime I, any chance I got, um, any chance I had. And I, it's funny because the ones I listened to, I like burned through them all. And I was like, shoot, now what I was listening to. Yep, I did that um, too. <laughs> yep. So that was like the, pretty much what I did to prepare. I did the dates and like the red raspberry leaf tea, but I wasn't very consistent with it. Yeah. Um, especially being sick. The dates were so sweet. Oh, I'm sure. There were some days that I could do it and some days that I didn't, but um, those were like the main things. And then as I got closer and closer to um, the end, I just did a lot of like curb walks. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Awesome. Okay. So how did you go into labor? Yes. So at my 38 week um, appointment, I was, I think three centimeters dilated and like 50% of face. So there was already a little bit of progress, um, but I haven't really been feeling like anything. So mm -hmm. I was like, okay, well, I don't even feel like I've felt like there'd be times I'm like, is that, was that what a Braxton Hicks is? I don't know. Cause it's like, you feel movement. Yeah. I don't know if that was just for moving. Like my, my belly does feel tight, but also I'm like very pregnant. So I, I had no idea if I was like feeling anything at all. Um, but I had some progress at that 38 week appointment. And for some reason I just had this feeling like, okay, that's the last time I see them, like, I don't know why, but that's my last appointment. Like I just felt like that. Um, and so when I was that the whole rest of that week, I remember I was so stressed out at work, um, because I knew I was going to be leaving soon. And I just did not want to leave like a big mess when I did. So I stayed late, like every single night that night, like until like eight or nine, just like trying to get as much done as possible, trying to like feel good that if I like did go into labor, I would like not stress about work while I was gone, you know, like get to a good place. Um, and finally I did feel that way on that Friday. Um, so I left and I was like, okay, it's the weekend. I can just relax. Like if she were to come this weekend, like I'd be okay with that. Um, so that Saturday I was doing curb walks like crazy. I was just out 
my little neighborhood waddling around doing my yeah. curb walks. Um, and then I did the mile circuit, I think, mm-hmm. is that what it's called? Yep. Um, that was the first time that I had done that. Um, oh, I also forgot to mention, I had really bad, um, like pubic bone pain from like 20 weeks on to like really early on, but for some reason, my, my pubic bone hurt so bad. Um, so that made the curb box kind of hard, but I just felt like she was so low, like mm-hmm. the entire time. Um, and especially after I did the the mile circuit, I remember looking in the mirror and I was like to the side and I was like, holy cow, she is like so low. I took a picture of it actually. Um, but I tried not to think about it too much. Um, and then that night, my husband and I both fell asleep on the couch at like nine, like super early. And I woke up around midnight um, and like woke him and up and was like, okay, let's go to bed. Um, but I remember when I woke up, I was like, I feel like I might've had a little contraction. I was like that something, something woke me up and it felt kind of different. So I tried not to think about it and we went to bed. Um, and then like 10 minutes later, I woke up again and I was like, okay, I'm pretty sure that this is like a contraction that, that that's that feeling, you know? So I was like, I'm not going to freak out about it. This is the first one I've even felt. This is probably just practice. So I turned on my phone because I was like, I'm going to see if there's any kind of like consistency to these at all. So I turned it on and I just had it sitting next to my pillow and I would sleep. And then anytime I'd like wake up with that feeling, I would just push play and then like see how long they went. And then finally, like after a few, I like looked at it because I was still like in and out of sleep at this point. It's like, you know, 1 a.m. And this was now like the Saturday, that that night, basically going into that Sunday. Um, I looked at it and I was like, okay, well, they're all consistent, but they're like 15 minutes apart. So probably nothing, but I'm just going to keep timing it and see how things progress. Um, And then around like three or 4 a.m. I like couldn't sleep anymore, mostly because I was too too excited. I was like, (laughs) something's happening. I don't know if it's actually like her coming today or not, or like sometime soon, but something's happening. And this is the first like anything I've felt. Um, And so I got up to go to the bathroom. My husband had also woke up at this point just to go to the bathroom. Um, I think his stomach was upset. Uh, if I remember right, because he didn't even wait for me to finish like going to the bathroom. He like went to the other bathroom and uh-huh. so I like, came out was like, are you okay? He was like, ah, my stomach is like not happy right now. I was like, oh, well, mine also is not. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but I didn't want to tell him yet because I didn't want him to get like too excited because I knew it was going to be a long ways away if like this was actually it starting. Um, but when I went to the bathroom, there was like a little bit of light spotting. So I was like, okay, that can also be a sign. Um, and so he went back to bed. Actually, I, t- I gave him a little hint. I was like, I think I've had like a few little contractions, but like, don't get excited about it. You know, it's probably nothing. I'm going to go back to sleep and we'll see what happens in the morning. Um, and so he went back to sleep and I couldn't go back to sleep. So I just kind of laid there and was like timing them still. And they were getting a little bit closer together, but they were still like 11 minutes apart, like not close at all. Um, and then by like 6.30 or 7, whenever the sun started to come up, I could not stay in bed anymore. So I was up um, just like cleaning up and I would like come out to the living room and like bounce on my ball um, and was just like super excited. So I was like, I think this is definitely something. Um, and so when he woke up and he could see, I think the first time he saw me like actually have one where I like kind of stopped and was like breathing through it a little bit. Um, they definitely weren't like really painful yet, but I wanted to um, especially like practice how to like breathe through them. And, you know, cause I hadn't other than like listening to, different podcasts and everything I hadn't really done like anything physically to prepare for what I wanted to be a natural childbirth um so I was just practicing breathing through them figuring out what kind of like helped take any of the like pain away um and what worked really well was if I like um 
kind of leaned onto my hands, like onto the counter and just like swayed my weight back and forth and just like did this really low, like hum. Mm -hmm. So the first time he saw me do that, I think he realized like, oh, like she wasn't kidding. There's definitely something happening. Um, So then he goes into like crazy mode too. And he's like picking up with me. He's like out mowing the lawn, like (laughs) doing stuff that like that, you know, doesn't actually help prepare for like the baby at all. But like, it's it's like- Gotta mow the lawn before she comes. (laughs) Exactly. Like a man's idea of what it is to prepare for the baby to come home. (laughs) Hilarious. Um, but I continued to kind of have those and they, they did get a little bit closer together as the day went on. Um, and probably around like noon, I think I was like, let's go for a walk. Like, let's see if we can like get this thing going. Um, and so we like walk out and we get like halfway down the street and it starts pouring. So I was like, okay, we're not going to go for a walk. We turned back around and we came back home and I was like, well, I guess this is a sign. I'm just going to take a nap instead. Um, I was thinking this whole time, girl, this girl has got to nap. (laughs) If you were my client, I would have been like, stop timing these things and go to sleep. The excitement always gets you, but exhaustion will get you first. (laughs) So I'm glad that you were like, I'm going to take a nap. Yep. And it was a pretty good nap, but I still was waking up, you know, every time I would have a contraction and I was still timing it because I was like, I have to know when these get closer together. Um, So I was still timing them. And while I was napping, I think before the nap, they were probably like around six minutes apart. While I was napping, they definitely spread back out. They were like between eight to 10. But when I woke up and was back up on my feet, they went back to six again and were like pretty consistently around six. Um, And so then we were just kind of like walking around the house. I literally was like twiddling my thumbs. I was like, I don't know. I don't know what to do now. Like we just wait, wait for this to progress. I don't know. Um, And so we were just picking up around the house more, doing whatever to prepare. Um, And probably like two hours of me having them like, five to six minutes apart. They weren't getting any closer, but they weren't getting like any further apart. And I was definitely having to like breathe through them, but they weren't, I wouldn't call them like painful by any means at that point. Um, I was like, okay, even though I knew in my head, I wanted to wait the longest I could before I went to the hospital because I wanted low intervention. I knew being there was probably like the worst place to be early on. I was like, Cam, I need some kind of confirmation to know if this is actually like, if any of these are productive or if we're in for a long haul, like let's go get checked and just see, see if there has been any progress or like, if this is nothing, I just have to know. Um, And so we get in the car and it definitely picked up while we were in the car. We were going to stop for food. We did stop for food. We stopped at McDonald's and Domba Juice, which is, you know, the the healthiest option for going into labor. But um, I remember there was like, one point where he was going over a bump and it was when I was having a contraction and it was awful. And I was like, okay, this is definitely like picking up because before I was able to like talk to spine, but like while we were in the car, I was like so focused. And I remember he was like asking me what I want and I just like couldn't even acknowledge him. I was like, just don't talk to me right now. Um, And so I was still having pretty consistent contractions and I was still timing them. Um, And we got to the hospital and I thought I knew where to go because we had like driven to where the building was, um, but they were doing construction. And so we couldn't actually park there. So we had to park in like the parking garage and go through a different way. So then we had no idea how to get there from that way. Um, and I remember I was in like the, the first floor having a contraction. I was like leaning against a pole and like just really focused. And a nurse, my, my husband's like looking all around, like trying to figure out, okay, where the heck do we go? And a nurse saw us and was like, are you guys looking for a labor and delivery? She could like see that as having contraction. We're like, we are. And luckily she was a labor and delivery nurse. So um, she directed us the way that was where she was headed to um, and took us there. And 
So my midwife checked me when we got there and I was like four centimeters and like 90% effaced or hundred percent effaced. I don't remember. Um, so there was like a little bit of progress, but um, nothing like significant. And so she had said like, look, I know you want low intervention. Like, do you want to just go home? Do you want to like wait an hour and see what's, what's going on? What do you want to do basically? Um, and I said, let's give it an hour. We'll recheck. If there's no progress, we'll go home. If there is, then we'll go from there. And as soon as she left and I was at the hospital, so I was no longer worried about like, okay, I need to figure out like when we need to go to the hospital, I stopped timing them. And that was when things really picked up. So I was able to just focus and not worry about having my phone and starting the timer and worried about how long, how far apart they were. I was just focused completely on the contractions and what I was feeling and um, just getting through them. And I think that was where I was able to finally like relax and just like let my body kind of do what it was trying to do. Right. Um, that was at like 4 p.m. So my contractions um, overnight had originally started around like 1 a.m. And this was like 4 p.m. that we had gone into the hospital. So she came back and rechecked me and I was like five and a half, six centimeters. So in an hour, I made a, a pretty good amount of progress. Um, she's like, okay, we're going to go ahead and admit you. Um, and so they admitted me and I had wanted like intermittent moderate monitoring if it was possible. Um, and so they got the okay and, and did that. Um, they had a nurse come in and she wanted to show my husband a bunch of different things. Like um, she had me sit on the ball and he was already doing counter pressure, which was so helpful. That was like the number one thing that got me through. Um, but she had me sit on the ball while he was doing it. And I remember doing that. It was so uncomfortable because she was so low. I felt like I was just like sitting on her head. Yes. But I was like, I'm going to let the nurse do her thing. Let her like show my husband what he needs to do. And as soon as she laughed, I was like, I'm getting in the tub. I don't care. I don't care about any of that. I'm getting in the tub. Um, so once they left, I got in the tub. And then that was where I, my memory gets really foggy um, because I was That's in my own, yeah, my own world. Yes. Um, so my, my sister came to, she came to take pictures um, and to support. And so she had gotten there. I don't really remember her arriving, um, but she did. And um, all the lights in the bathroom were off. And then in the like main room, they were really low. And I just was in the tub laboring for, I guess it ended up being a couple hours, but in my head, it felt like a few minutes. Um, and the tub was great. I felt like I was really in control. I was still doing my little like low hum thing um, and just was kind of left alone. I was just having contractions in there. Um, and then while I was in the tub, my water broke during the contraction and it was so loud, um, which I knew could happen, but I was in the tub. So I didn't know if I would necessarily know my water broke, but I definitely knew um, it was super loud. And I <laughs> out loud was like, oh, shit. That's exactly <laughs> what I said when my water <laughs> broke my exact so words. That's so funny because I just had this like realization of like, oh, this here it is comes. real. Yep, here yeah, here it comes exactly um and I remember Cam was out in the like part, other part of the room and he's like what's wrong I was like nothing's wrong but I think my water just broke um so he went and got the nurse and she came in and just verified she's like is it clear and it was so they left me alone again um and I only really had a few more contractions I feel like it could have been a lot longer but I feel like it was only a few more contractions um and after my water broke it had definitely really picked up like um I no longer was able to like get my hum thing all the way through a contraction I would lose my breath so then after I would like get to the peak of it doing my little like low hum then I had to just like try and like breathe out as much as I could to get through the rest of the contraction because I like couldn't breathe back in to like restart it again um 
And so I think that was when my sister was out in the other room and she said, I could tell that you were going through transition because of like how your noise just kind of changed, which is funny because I thought I was no different. Like I felt like I was like, I looked back on it and I was like, I don't, I have no idea when I was going through transition because I I thought I was going to throw up. Like I've been throwing up the whole time. I thought I was going to go through that moment of like, you know, get me pain meds immediately. And I never really had that. Um, But while I was in the tub after my water broke, there was like a few contractions that went by that I felt like, oh, she is like coming. Like I can feel her like moving down, but I knew when I got out of the tub, it was going to be a lot more intense. Um, so I was like, I'm just going to wait. I also knew I wasn't supposed to have her in the tub. Um, so I was like, I'm just going to wait a few and we're just going to try and draw this out as long as possible. And then um, finally I had one where I was like, okay, I feel like she's like literally about to come out. So I like found my husband and was like, can, can you help me get out, call the nurse or whatever? Um, I don't actually, I don't even think I told him to call her yet. I just had him help me come like dry off. And um, I was standing there. He was like drying my legs off. Apparently he didn't know that when your water breaks, it like keeps coming out. So I felt bad. I could tell my water was just like gushing onto his feet. And I guess he just thought that I was like not drying off. He's like, what the heck? Why am I drying off? (laughs) He's like, why is she not drying off? Whatever. Um, but I had a contraction while I was standing there and he was drying me off and I felt like she was like literally going to count. So I was like, call the nurse, like, like can't open your hands up. <laughs> yes, literally. Um, and so he got kind of panicked cause he didn't realize that I was like that far along. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was like, Oh, something's wrong. And so he went and called them and, um, they were going to come in and check me. And at that point they started me on fluids, um, and they put the monitor back on me. I don't, the details are all super fuzzy. So I don't remember exactly what she had told me, but there was some reason that she started me on fluids. I think maybe my baby's heart rate started to get a little high. Um, and then they, while I, after I got on the bed, they checked me and my midwife was like, Oh yeah, you're complete. We're good to push. Um, and even though I like knew she was like coming, I was like, it's still just this moment of like, are you, are you sure? Like where I'm really about to have her, like, that's kind of crazy. Um, so they were checking her heart rate and um, she had told me that I guess our heart rate, my heart rate and my daughter's heart rate were like twinning. Um, so they were following like the same pattern and were both pretty high. And so she was not sure if they were getting an accurate read on her heart rate or if they were just picking up mine. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they ended up having to put the like monitor on her head. Yeah which was another thing that I like was like, before I was in that moment, I was like, absolutely not. Like, I don't want that. Um, but just the way that my midwife, her demeanor and just the way she explained things and was so calm about everything. I just like, felt like I trusted her completely. So in that moment, I was just like, yes, do it, whatever. Um, didn't make me freaked out at all. Just, just kept the overall energy in the room. So calm still. Um, so they put the monitor on her and then um, had me start pushing. And this was around like 8 p.m. So I had only been in the hospital for about four hours at this point um, and had me start pushing. Um, and I pushed for 50 minutes, I think. And then she was here. Um, I did not feel like my pushes, though, were productive at all. I remember I was getting so frustrated because before that, when I was just like in the tub, I felt like I could feel her like moving down. But when I was pushing, I felt like I could feel nothing. And so I was like super close to just being like, I need to change positions. I need to do something different because this is not working. This is not productive. Um, But then there was like a moment where my husband was like holding my leg and I saw his like look change. And he was like, started to cheer up. He was like, he's doing so good. Like the way he said it completely changed. And I was like, okay, maybe I am making progress because that was different. Um, 
And then, uh, let's see, after she crowned, um, I, my contraction stopped, so I couldn't keep pushing to like get her out. Um, and her head was partially out. And I think her heart rate like dropped like really low. And so uh, my midwife told me, she's like, I'm gonna have to push her back in um, just because her heart rate got down really low, but don't worry, she'll, she will come right back out. Like it's gonna be okay. Um, so I guess she pushed her back in, which um, I was so thankful for because when I was pushing and she was like partially out and like crowning, obviously that pain was a lot different and it was just so much pressure and it just burned so bad. So when she pushed her back in, I was like, could take a deep breath and like regather myself and then on the next push she came out um and she like cried right away they um put her on my chest it was just that moment that you you know you look forward to the entire time and just the best moment of my life really um pretty crazy but yeah then that's when they they put her on my chest and she was great she was crying um her apgars were nine and nine so she was doing really good and she had a bunch of hair which I was surprised about um, and she was also so much smaller than I thought she was going to be. Like I was a huge baby. My sister was a huge baby. My husband had a huge head. I was just like convinced that I was going to have this like huge baby, but she was only seven pounds, two ounces. So I like had her in my hands and I was like, oh, yeah, she's so little. <laughs> um, but I remember I didn't get to see her face for a long time because I was holding her. And then she like instantly was just looking around trying to like nurse, which is the craziest thing. So I have crazy. no idea. Like they come out and they instantly know what to do. It's it's amazing. Wild. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was trying to nurse and um, I, this was obviously after they, they cut the cord and everything. Um, I guess I forgot about that part. A lot of those details are, yeah. it all happened so fast. Um, but there was a long time where I didn't get to see her face yet because she was trying to nurse and she was like on my chest and I Up was in your neck them look like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but then she was there and that was the, the best feeling ever. Um, they let me do the golden hour. I think they let me let her stay on me for like two hours. Um, and then had my husband, um, walk over to the warmer where they were going to like take all her measurements and everything. And, um, then he got to hold her for a while. And I just remember when they were wheeling me, um, from that room to like the mother baby unit or whatever, I felt like I was on top of the world. They like had me in my wheelchair and I was like sitting there with my baby and they're like going down the red carpet. (laughs) Exactly. I felt like everyone was looking at me and I was like, so proud. Like waving. Uh, Exactly. That was the greatest thing ever. That's amazing. It is such a, like, just surreal, beautiful moment. It's, I think, you know, you're in denial until they're actually on you and you're like, oh my gosh, it like, it's actually real. Like there really mm-hmm. is a baby. It's mm-hmm. so amazing. It's such a moment. I mean, that's why I love what I do. I get to like see mm-hmm. people experience that moment. And it really is, it really is the best day of your life. Even if mm-hmm. your birth experience is nothing like you planned in the end, you know, it, it's the best day of your life. You, yeah. you birth your child. It's, it's so amazing. Mm-hmm. It definitely is. And it's like, you spend the whole time, like imagining what they might look like and like trying to figure it out and then they're there and you get to like see like oh my gosh you have hair and like you're so much smaller than I thought and just all of a sudden there's like this picture of this like baby that you've hung out with for the last nine months but have never seen it's it's crazy yeah but so amazing too it really is so how was your postpartum experience yeah physically it was a lot easier than I anticipated I think I was like preparing for the worst kind of right um I was surprised though like even standing up uh, the that night you have a lot of adrenaline so I don't feel like anything like really hit me that night um but the next day even when I stood up 
my tailbone was really sore mm-hmm. and it felt like all of my like organs were like shifted around. Like it felt like nothing was where it was supposed to be, yes. which is a weird feeling. But other than that, I felt really good. Like I was able to walk around fine. I went to the bathroom good. And I just, I don't know. I felt really good physically. Um, and emotionally at that point, I felt really good too. Those first like four days, I think postpartum, I felt really good. Um, but that kind of changed when we got home. Um, that was one thing I was really caught off guard by was just how insane the hormones are. Like, you know, that they're going to be crazy, right? Like everyone talks about it and you know that like your body's about to just drop off. But I was just so surprised at how that impacted, like how I felt. Mm. It was just this crazy roller coaster of like, I remember I was so happy and just so overwhelmed with like joy and love. But at the same time, I was so anxious the whole time. Like I was not anticipating that. I'm usually not a very anxious person, um, but I was so anxious. I didn't sleep for like the first three nights that she was born because I was too afraid to, like I swore if I set her down and I went to sleep, she was going to stop breathing. And it's also like all the things that the long journey you've had to even get here, the miscarriage and the loss Mm -hmm. once Mm -hmm. they're here, it doesn't just like go away. I mean, yeah. I bought an owlet sock, that little like heart rate oxygen monitor because mm-hmm. I had so much anxiety, like of losing her. I mean, mm-hmm. it's so normal, but it's also doesn't mean, you know, it's, it's normal to an extent, I guess we'll say. Yeah. I, and I definitely was the same way. I think a big part of it too, is that like when she was in my belly, it was a lot easier to like give up the control because I couldn't see her. But now that she was here, I felt like all of a sudden she was 100% my responsibility. And now right. like, if you know, anything happened, it would be my fault. And like, just that dynamic completely changed. And I was not prepared for that. I think, Mm -hmm. um, I remember the very first night we had her home, I was like on Amazon ordering a new bassinet because the one I had, like, I couldn't see her good enough. Um, yeah, that just perfectly captures like how that first like week, two weeks goes. Um, we ended up sleeping on the couch, like the few nights following that, because I was like, well, I'm going to stay up anyways. Like, let's just be out here. And I had her bassinet set up and whatnot. We just took shifts. Like he would stay up with her for three hours. And then while I slept, and then I would stay up for three hours while he slept. Um, and if it weren't for the outlet, I feel like we probably would have done that. Like, I don't know how long, like her whole life. I don't know. <laughs> but finally once, um, like, I don't know, five days in, I was able to like set her down and the first few nights I had the like app from the outlet just on my phone the entire time. And anytime I would like remotely wake up, I'd look at it and then I would look at her I did that and then too. a few nights, yep. A few nights of that, of just like seeing, okay, everything was okay. I was able to sleep and she's still alive. Like I was able to kind of build that confidence up a little bit, but I was just so caught off guard by, yeah, just how different I felt emotionally. Like I would go from feeling in the morning, like, wow, okay, we are thriving. Baby is fed, changed, like she's happy sleeping to 30 minutes later, I would be sobbing. And I had, I could figure out no reason why. Like, I was like, I don't, I literally don't know what's wrong right now. I think I'm just overwhelmed with happiness. I don't know, but yeah. I would just be like sobbing. And I was, had this kind of moment where I was like, okay, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me, but also am I going to feel this way forever? Like right. I was worried. I was like, this is, I guess this is just like my new reality. Like being a mom, you're just anxious all the time um and that's not the case like two weeks later probably when things kind of started to mellow out I felt a lot more grounded and a lot more even keeled but for the first few weeks I remember was I was really caught off guard by just that roller coaster of constantly like okay we're thriving and then I'm sobbing and 
that feels like dark and scary and then I'm happy again and then back down again. And that's how you, you know, it's normal is like you said, after two weeks, it fades away. It never gets mm -hmm. too out of control. It's when you pass Mm -hmm. that two week mark and you're still not feeling good. Almost things are feeling worse. You don't want to take care of yourself, take care of baby. Mm -hmm. That's a red flag. And that's when, you know, you need to reach out to your OB for help. Um, Mm -hmm. But I cannot tell you how many clients text me like, three or four days postpartum, literally one of my clients texted me yesterday and she's yeah. like, Hey, like, I don't know why, but like, for some reason, every night I'm just crying. And th- the key thing that everybody says is, I don't know why they're like, I'm not really sad. I'm not even, mm-hmm. you know, I don't feel like it's a dark cry or even a super yeah. joyful cry. I just cry. And I'm like, yeah, that is normal. That's just mm-hmm. those baby blues, those waves of hormones. You just get this yeah. sensation of like, I just need to cry. And mm-hmm. my husband would be like, what's wrong? What's wrong? Are you really happy? Are you really sad? D- did she, did something happen? Are you in pain? And I'd be like, no, I literally just need to cry. Mm-hmm. Yep. My husband would wake up in the middle of the night, like probably every night for the first few nights. And I'd be feeding her and just sobbing. And he's like, can I do anything? I'm like, nope. I just, I just got to cry. Yeah. I feel like I'm good. I promise. Like Mm -hmm. I'm not, you know, they see us crying and their initial instinct Mm -hmm. is like, oh my gosh, my like wife is so sad and she's hurting. And I'd be like, no, I promise you, like, I really am. Okay. I just Mm -hmm. like have this urge to like let tears fall. It's so weird. Yep. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Totally (laughs) understand. That's awesome. So how are you feeling now? Almost five months out. I feel great. I Honestly, this is the, the greatest thing I've ever done, the best job I've ever had. Um, Amazing. All of those feelings, those, you know, roller coaster feelings, they went away within a few weeks. And yep. there's still nights that are hard, obviously, Absolutely. but it's still the, the best thing I've ever done, definitely. And it's just so cool to see her just grow and change every day. And it's crazy how quickly they like learn new things. It's like one day she literally last week, she learned how to roll onto her belly. And it was like, what she had no idea how to do it. The, day before and then all of a sudden she's doing it like crazy it's like how did you just like learn that overnight what is going on and it's just so cool to see them like continue to change and as she's getting a little bit older I feel like she's looking more and more like her dad it's cool to see like just different similarities come out too I don't know so it's the the most fun thing I've ever done for sure Yeah, it is. And it just continues to get fun, you know, as you see them grow and even like learning to crawl and walk. And then all of a sudden, like they're getting into things and I'm like, you're, you're like mischievous. Yeah. Like you you get to see these personalities. Yes. Like, you know, it's, and they get like sassy and yeah, it, (laughs) it just gets better and better. Uh, It really, it really does. Cause they get just Uh so interactive and like my daughter just like two days ago started saying milk and it's so (laughs) cute because she'd be like milk. And like, she had a bottle of my old, you know, Olaplex, the shampoo and conditioner. So Mm -hmm. the conditioner bottle is like a white bottle and she loves to Mm -hmm. crawl into my shower. So she calls into the shower and she grabs my Olaplex and she's like looking at it. She's like milk. Cause she thinks it's a bottle of milk. It's conditioner. And I'm like, you're so smart. Like you're so smart. It's amazing. Well, that really honestly was my last question for you anyways. Um, if you had a top piece of advice for first time moms or just in general, top piece of advice. It can be about birth, labor, motherhood, anything you want. What would it be? Yeah. I think it would probably be to just like find other people that are in similar like stages of you, particularly like maybe with babies that are going to be close to when yours, like you're going to have yours as well. And just surround yourself with that community. Um, I had like several friends and even acquaintances at the beginning of my pregnancy that were having babies all around the same time. 
and honestly ended up becoming super close with all of them um, because it's just someone to text every day, right? And to just like make sure, hey, is this normal? Like, are yeah. you experiencing this throughout the entire pregnancy? And even like, as they are here, yes. um, just having that community has been so amazing, um, especially like postpartum, like when you're kind of like feeling alone and you're like, okay, is this normal? Um, usually they're up at night feeding their babies too. And it's, it's someone to talk to um, and just to just recognize, okay, this is all normal. Um, they're going through the same thing. And it, just having that support was the, the biggest thing for me, I think. Yeah, I could not agree more. I actually had a girl named Mariana on my podcast a while back. She, we were both like freshly postpartum. She came on and told her birth story and I was like, wow, we have a lot in common. And she was local to Charlotte. So we, after the podcast, I was like, Hey, like, I feel like we should totally hang out. Like I have no mom friends and you know, the rest is history. She's now a doula mm-hmm. with me. Um, she's mm-hmm. my, she's my business partner and my best friend, yeah. but we literally bonded over the fact that we were kind of like in the trenches together. And I hate to call it yeah. that, but it's true. Like we both really struggled postpartum initially. Our mm-hmm. babies were the worst sleepers. When you say mm-hmm. me and Mariana would be up texting literally from like midnight till 4am every yeah. single day. Like mm-hmm. I would just text me like, Hey, you up. And she'd like always respond. And it'd be like 3am yeah. and we'd have these, like, we really got to walk through that that season together. And that's why mm-hmm. we're like inseparable now. Um, yes. so I, I could not agree more. I don't know what I would have done without her in that time of my life. Yeah. Um, it's so important to have other moms who are, you know, it, it's great to have friends, but even a year postpartum, like, mm-hmm. I, you know, it's so different. You, they, you really need to try to find some, some other moms in that same season with like babies, similar ages. Yes. Cause I look back to those things and I forget. And I can tell you what, I'm not up all night anymore. Thank God. Yes. Um, <laughs> but it, it's important to have that, to know you're not alone, to have other people just mm-hmm. to ask questions about, you never know what's normal. And right. When you think you learn them, they throw a new curveball in. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I totally could not agree more. That's great. Yeah. Especially I think having kids kind of young, because yeah. a lot of my friends that are still my friends, they're like not even close to like wanting kids. And so it's really hard to relate on those things. And the, especially like the postpartum stuff, just the stuff that you have no idea until you've gone through it and you have a baby of your own. Um, just having other people around you that have are going through it with you. Yes. It's the, the most important thing, I think, to not feel isolated and alone and to just have that support. Yes, that's awesome. Well, Alyssa, thank you so much for taking your morning and coming on the podcast and sharing your birth story. Um, It was amazing. I'm so appreciative. Obviously, congratulations. What's her name? I don't think you said that. Thank you. I don't think I did either. Her name's Renly. Renly. That's so cute. She's so cute. Nobody else can see her, but she did wake (laughs) up um, for the morning. So I'm able to see her and she's cute. (laughs) But seriously, thank you so much. This was just amazing. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for listening to another episode of What The Bump. Make sure to follow us over on Instagram at WhatTheBumpCLT. Check out our website, WhatTheBumpCLT.com. Make sure to leave a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or whatever platform you are listening on. And tune in every Monday at 9 a.m. for a new episode. Remember that this podcast is for educational purposes only. I will see you next week in the next episode.